episode of Biagworld.com, the podcast for those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name's Paul Bay. And my name's Marcus Lillington, so we are officially middle-aged now, according to our maths sums that we did the other day. Ah, yes. 35th episode. Yeah. Got to be a good thing. So, yes, we're going to do something a little bit different on this show. Today is primarily going to be a break from listening to um, myself and Marcus, which has got to be a good thing. Um, because we have an interview with Andy Budd. Um, we will come on to that in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was worth saying, as we're kind of on our 35th episode, um, just to give a little bit of a recap about of what Bioguard is about and who we're aimed at. Um, there is a lot going on at the moment on the internet and in the web design community. Um, a lot of advances, a lot of things that are very exciting and very cool. Um, and there is this group of um, web developers, a very large group, but this group of web developers that are really pushing the boundaries of web design and bringing on the latest thing. But um, unless you've got the time to read all the right blogs, um, to go to the right conferences, keep up on all the right information, it's very hard to follow all this stuff. And there are, there are two audiences that um, are kind of missing out on some of the, the, the cool stuff that's going around that we believe um, need to to be informed and kept up to date. And so we try and accommodate those two audiences. One is um, the client, the, the, the um, website owner, the person that's managing a website but doesn't necessarily know the ins and outs about how websites work. So Bioag World endeavours to communicate um, the potential of the web to that audience and explain, you know, what, you know, what web design can do for it's their people business. people that work with internet-related, web-based stuff that aren't necessarily technically-minded, exactly. like me. Yes, people like you, Marcus. Hard group to reach, admittedly. <laughs> so the second group... Contract boy. Yes. <laughs> the, the second group of people are designers that that literally, for one reason or another, don't have time to keep on, on the cutting edge of everything that's going on. And what it explained in a way that isn't so highbrow and isn't so experimental and you know so we're kind of i like to think of ourselves you know if if things like the web 2.0 show and a list apart and sites like that if they're the times then we're the sun that's how i (laughs) like the american equivalent like the national Enquirer. yeah no we're not that bad (laughs) not quite national Enquirer level but you know can't we be a comic or something instead a comic we're 2000 ad yeah. That's my favourite comic. So, yeah, that's a little bit of background about where our podcast is. I was say, there's one other, we've had a couple of very complimentary emails from uh, lecturers who say they point their students. Yeah. Us, so, I guess students can learn a bit lower end. <laughs> which, know, is good, which is good. Which is good. As, um, you know, that not, uh, perhaps universities aren't, or, and schools certainly aren't as hot on 
teaching you know good web design practice so yeah hopefully this show is useful to you and hopefully you get something out of it if you're new to the show welcome and now you know what it's about which is very useful yeah okay um so this show is going to be a little bit different because we've got an interview with andy budd instead I'm, I'm planning to do a few more of these interviews i'm beginning to get my head around getting skype to produce half decent co- uh, content out of them Interviews, I think, are, are, are very useful um, as, let's face it, despite my overinflated ego, we don't know everything, do we? There are, Certainly not. There are big gaps in our knowledge, and well, so sometimes it's good to get an expert in. It's, this is a chat show. All good chat shows have interviews nearly every week. We're a chat show, aren't we? Are we are a chat show. Chat show. We're chatting, aren't we? Okay, that's true. I don't mean it as in we're a chat show and we interview celebrities. I wish. That would be fun. Well, but that's what we're into. We're Andy, interview- Andy is a, a web celeb. A web celeb. <laughs> I bet he'd really love to be called that. <laughs> W-E-B-S-L-E-B. Web celeb. a new term. Okay, so I'm going to do a few more of these. For example, just to demonstrate the hole in my knowledge. Um, we did a great, the Great Flash debate, didn't we, a few we weeks did. back? And we got, got a little bit hammered for the fact that we knew a lot more about the arguments against Flash than we did for the arguments for Flash. That was primarily because of your ignorance, <laughs> I'd like to say. So, in order to redress, <laughs> redress the balance, coming up we're going to get um, a guy on that is an expert in Flash, and we'll tell more about that in the future. Okay. And we've got a few other possible um, interviews lined up as well. So... Without further ado, let's move on to Andy's interview. So joining me today is Andy Budd. Um, hi, Andy. I think that's hi a there, place mate. to start. Hi. Um, just to give you a, uh, a little bit of background of Andy and, and who he is and how he kind of fits into the world, um, I guess the first thing to say is that you're now an internationally renowned speaker. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> don't, don't, don't believe everything you read on the bios. Ah, uh, okay, am I getting... But, uh, but I, do, I, do, I do speak at uh, the occasional conference, yes. Not as much as my colleague Jeremy, who seems to, be, uh, seems to be speaking all over the world at the moment. Yeah, well you were at South by Southwest, weren't you, on a panel? Yep, yep, I was, I was. I did a, a, a talk with uh, Andy Clark, How to Be a Web Design Superhero, which was uh, lots of fun. Cool. And obviously, you've, uh, the other thing to say about you is that um, you've got a book out called CSS Mastery Advanced Web Standard Solutions that I've got I in my indeed. hand. Um, and also, you're the co-founder of Clear Left with Jeremy Keith, who we've already mentioned, and Richard Rutter, um, yep. Yeah, which has been going, you say, for a year now. Yeah, um, we, we started... Uh, about a year ago, so around about the time of um, At Media, the, the At Media uh, conference last year. So yeah, we're going to be one sort of in, in June, July time. So cool. we're really excited about that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a milestone for us. So yeah, it's going to be good. Excellent. Um, okay, I think we'll talk a little bit more about Clear Left in a minute. But mm-hmm. the, the place I wanted to start, which is as much for my interest as, as anybody listening to this, it's just a little bit of, of your background about how you got into web design and how you see yourself. You know, are you a developer, a designer, a consultant? You know, okay. what? Cool. Okay. Um, well, I, first off, I, I, I don't come from a, a, a design or an IT background. Ah. Um, I um, 
actually went to university and studied aeronautical engineering, bizarrely enough. Of course. Um, which, which has absolutely nothing to do with, with anything I do for a, a, a living these days. Um, I mean, when I, when I was a, a little kid, I was the, the first kid on the block to have a Spectrum computer, and I used to play computer games and Elite and that kind of stuff, and I learned how to print my name out over and over and over again, you know, <laughs> programming in, in Spectrum Basic, I think it was called. Um, so when I was a kid, I, I was really into, into sort of computers and stuff. Um, then when I sort of went to university, you know, university back when I, I went there, sort of like, you know, well, sort of 10, 15 years ago now, um, c computers weren't, weren't really big. Um, so I kind of sort of fell out of, of using them a little bit. And then I went off sort of backpacking and traveling and I knew I didn't want to be an engineer and I was kind of wandering around various places. And um, I kept meeting sort of these people th that, that were doing stuff on the web. I mean, this was sort of like 90... Um, sort of 98, sort of, between sort of 96 and 98, mm. um, you know, I met people while I was traveling that had their own little personal um, web pages and they were documenting their travels. And I used to look over in these cyber cafes at what these guys were doing, thinking, oh, that looks fun. I'd like to do something like that for myself. Um, and I met a, a guy in Singapore who was working as a web designer. And he was telling me how, you know, if you could, if you could code this thing called HTML, which was, you know, really easy, um, <laughs> people would pay you huge amounts of money to do it. And like I say, this was back in the, the dot-com years. Yeah. And it was, you know, he was coding for six months and then traveling for six months. And I thought, hey, you know, like a bit of that. That sounds good. Um, so, you know, after I, I hung up my backpack and came home, I bought myself a little, you know, £100 PC and went to websites like Zeldman, um, you know, Ask Dr. Webb and WebMonkey and, yeah. and really taught myself off. Um, I kind of came at it from the, uh, the angle of a web user because I used to use the internet, um, you know, while I was traveling around and used to, you know, keep in touch with people using Hotmail and Surf using, um, you know, Lycos and WebMonkey and stuff, um, sorry, uh, WebCrawler. Uh, and so I, I really came at things from, from a, a user's perspective rather than from a, you know, an IT or, or design perspective. Um, and yeah, so just, you know, self-taught and been working doing it now for, I don't know, sort of eight, eight years, probably more. Um, and I kind of consider myself now a, well, I call myself a, a user experience designer, um, right. which is is basically uh, encompasses a, a variety of, sort of disciplines. It's information architecture, usability, and and, and visual design. Uh, so it's making uh, attractive interfaces that are not only sort of pretty and whizzy and all that kind of stuff, but uh, but are also easy to use and, and focus on the design as focused on the user. Mm. And so bringing my experience as a user. Um, you know that that's kind of that's kind of where I am at at the moment. Cool, and still waiting to be paid lots of money and go backpacking for half of the it, year. It, it would be it would be very nice. It'd be very nice. Um, <laughs> I, I do a lot of scuba diving, so I'd love to go off Ooh, um, nice. diving the coral reefs for six months of the year. But um, I'm, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, not at the moment. Uh, maybe <laughs> if Yahoo buy me out. You never know, but you know, they seem to be buying everybody else. So yeah, you're in with the I chance. can't. I can't see that happening in a hurry. Something. Else. <laughs> so I mean. You know what? What aspect of web design you know makes you really passionate? I presume it's the kind of user experience side of things. Then it is, yeah. I mean, I you know I I blog 
and I guess I'm probably best known um, from my blog for my sort of interest in web standards. I'm sure your your listeners, you know, you, you, you've told uh, them about web standards on numerous occasions. You know, yes. HTML, CSS, separation of content from presentation. So this is this is something that I've always been very very interested in, and it has for a really long time sort of been the focus of my blog. But that's really only sort of one aspect of what I do, and I am actually, um, you know also really really interested in like you say the user experience so making sites easy to use understandable allowing users to get in accomplish the task that they want to accomplish and get out you know with a minimum fuss and unfortunately a lot of websites these days don't allow users to do that um, mm -hmm. a lot of websites these days are far too focused on the um you know the, the 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 business itself and what the business wants to tell users and what the MD wants to tell users and what the marketing department wants to tell users and you know people don't want to be told what they want to do or what to think they want to come in and, and get their task done and so the trick is to try and marry the the goals of the company with the goals of the users but obviously putting the users first yeah yeah so I mean that's something we we cover a lot of in this in this podcast is the Absolutely. you know that that whole um getting the balance right between mm. business objectives and and user tasks and yeah it's an interesting area exactly so what is the one area that gets you really hot and bothered and you get really you know kind of annoyed at what is it in in the world of web design at the minute that really irritates you that's that's, that's a very tough question. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty sort of relaxed kind of person, so I don't get. I don't get irritated too much. I guess it's from from a from a, 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 a be running a, a, a small web design business. The thing that um, I think is really really important, particularly when when clients, you know, your listeners are, are looking to hire um, web design teams, really is, you know, the clients they know their business. They know their users. They know their goals. Um, that's that's the, that's the sort of the, the value they bring to the table. So as a designer, I can come and, and I can learn as much about the business as I as I possibly can from the people that run it. Conversely, obviously, my skill and, and my experience is in, in visual design and in, in um, you know understanding how users work and how users use the web. What often happens is, and it, it's, it's perfectly understandable, when a client thinks, okay, I'm going to hire a, a, a designer, they start thinking, oh, this is going to be fun, you know, I know design, I've, I've watched changing rooms, it's, you know, colours, all fun and whatever, and they start actually trying to design the interface. Mm. And often you get into a situation where you actually get this sort of strange um, situation where the, the, the client who doesn't really, you know, th their skill isn't in design, is informing the designer about design decisions, yeah, and you know it. This is this is a difficult situation for designers because obviously, um, you know, that's what they're they've been hired for, and it's a bad situation for clients to get into as well because obviously they're paying a lot of money to get someone's professional opinion, and if they're then um, you know taking on their own sort of beliefs and whatever and trying to, to do the design process themselves, then it, it's kind of a bit a bit of a waste of their own sort of time and money. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's much better really to get into a, a nice situation where you know the client is telling you the goals. You know we need this website to do this. We need this website to do that. These are the these are the users we're interested in. This is what we're trying to do, and really telling us about their business problems and their business model, and then allow the designer the freedom to go away and um, and create solutions. Yeah. And when I talk about design, it's difficult because quite a lot of people, like I say, when 
when people think about design, they, they often think about just the graphics and the, the colouring in and the painting and stuff. But that's really not design. I mean, design's about um, solving problems in a, in a visual fashion. And I think when clients understand that, it's not just about colour. It's not, you know, whether it should be pink or blue and whether the designer likes this colour or the MD likes that colour. It's really about, you know, solving problems and creating, um, you know, creating the right... Um, feeling in your designer um, in your users so they they that you know if it's an environmental site you make them feel green with you know a lovely green color and pictures of animals or whatever and but mm. if it's a industrial site you make them feel something else so and uh, yeah so so that that's 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 it in a nutshell really no no I, I, I couldn't agree more we you kind of get you get two types of clients you get those that you know like to micromanage and know mm. you know exactly what they want they want to move a pixel slightly to the left or slightly to the right and and often they get themselves kind of caught up in in um they get caught up themselves because they they ask you to make a change and that that doesn't work as they expected so they ask mm. you to make another change and it kind of compounds itself and then you get the other type of client that just doesn't know what they like but knows mm. what they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> They're always the, a difficult one. But the prob the problem is, I think quite often it's not actually you know it's it's not the client's fault. Um, oh no, know, the, the, it's it's to a certain extent it's the designer's fault because the, the you you need to explain your services correctly. You need to explain you know what what I'll do in the process and what you you need to do in the process. And I think what happens quite often is um, you know. If you, if you don't explain the expectations, if you don't explain the the, the individual roles, then quite naturally the, the the client or the person that commissioning the website thinks, okay, well this is what design is. It's all about colour and shape and whatever. So I'll start, you know, giving information about colour and shape mm. because designers haven't said what they want, and and the clients are just trying to be helpful. Yeah. Um, so you need you need to have a, a savvy designer that sits down and says, you know, at the start of a project, you know, have a kickoff meeting and. And say this is what we do. This is what we want, you know, from you guys. This is how it's all going to work, and just sort of lay the lay the foundations, really. Mm. I mean, the the thing that um, we do quite a lot is is um, because design can be a very subjective thing, and everybody mm. has opinion on design and knows what they like and what they don't like. That we we rely quite heavily on user testing, which which seems Absolutely. to work quite well as well, because it well, kind of takes it out of the hands of you know it's, you know the client and puts it in the hands of their end user which is the people they're ultimately wanting to please yeah i mean I, yes and no um i mean as far as user testing goes um it's it's really good for getting sort of objective stuff so looking at how a how a user completes a task and sees whether they struggle with a a problem or or, or finds it easy and that obviously can um influence the design in the terms of layout you know making the layout simpler to use um but it, it gets it gets a little more tricky when you actually try and start asking objective opinion and, and really um you know when you're doing user testing it's it's very very dangerous to start asking um test subjects do you like this or do you like that because obviously first of all they're not a non-representative sample it's only five people mm. so if three people say oh i like blue and, and two people say oh i like green it doesn't really uh give you a sort of um a, enough information so with you with user tests they're really really good for sort of objective stuff um but, but it's it's not it's not it's not very good at testing things like color and shape and, and all that kind of stuff. But the the key thing really is is to know the audience. And so rather than making decisions based on you know what the marketing department 
like or you know the, the managing director's favorite color you need to really think about the emotion and you're, you're trying to create in your audience um, and you know who your audience is and sort of base your design decisions on them rather than the, the than the sort of you know the, the likes and preferences of the the company that's doing the commissioning it's tough though it really is tough because we've all got an opinion yeah yeah definitely okay let's let's talk a little bit more about clear left that we we mentioned before and clear left uh -huh. is, is the company that the three of you founded about a year ago yeah how did that come about okay um yes yeah, so uh, both both myself jeremy, uh, jeremy and richard we we run blogs and we sort of um live in brighton brighton has a really really good web developer community so there's lots of events going on um you know pub meetings ups, uh, you know, uh, workshops, uh, that kind of stuff, um, mailing lists. So a lot of web developers in Brighton know each other. And we got to know each other through being part of the community and talking on mailing lists and obviously reading each other's blogs. Mm. And it just, it just kind of went from there. I mean, we all realized that we had a very similar um, philosophy about sort of web standards and, and doing things the right way and user-centered design and all that kind of stuff. But we also have um, very... Uh, complementary skills as well. I mean, I I tend to do most of the design. I'm the creative director. Um, Rich is the sort of information architect. He's a, you know um, fantastic. The sort of doing wireframing and, and and site architecting. And Jeremy's obviously you know just just really really hot on on the the, the JavaScript and the AJAX and the sort of the back end programming. So we just realised that we you know between the three of us we had all the skills needed for a a, a good uh, a good team. And, you know, over the course of, of, you know, a number of, like a year or so, we sat down and chatted about it. Each time we chatted about it, we got a bit further along and then eventually we said, OK, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's set up on our own. Cool. So, I mean, what's the, what do you see as the primary focus of, of Clear Left? Because you seem to be more than just a, a straight web design agency, if that makes sense. Um, it, it doesn't, no. What, uh, no. Well, I mean, you seem to have on your website, you talk about um, obviously doing client work, but you also seem to be doing training alongside of that. Um, then obviously yourself and Jeremy both do a lot of um, speaking stuff and mm. there's the books and all of that. So, you know, you're a little bit broader than perhaps, you know, your average web design agency. Is that yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they all, I think all these things um, sort of, work together i mean about 80 percent of our work is is direct client work um doing you know building sites you know consulting on um, okay. information architecture usability all that kind of stuff doing the visual design um along with the consulting obviously um comes the sort of the the, the training as well because quite often clients will have in-house development teams and you know they'll you know we might do them a design but then they're in-house developers have to carry on maintaining it so we'll do training for them and we also obviously people come to us directly and ask for training and and the public speaking again it's something you know we enjoy doing you know spreading the spreading the sort of um the good karma out there explain to people all about you know the benefits of standards and, and good design and stuff um and you know there's a there's a i guess there's a, a promotional element there as well that's yeah. not it's not really a you know that's not the reason why we do it but you know it's it's good we go and we talk at conferences and we meet interesting people and you know occasionally you know some 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 project or something comes out of it but i think they're all kind of harmonious like i say we're you know we're, we're a web design well we're a web usability consultancy so 
we do consulting and um, we you know we do pure consultancy user user centered design consultancy usability consultancy and so the whole teaching training conference thing really sort of you know fits into that model cool yeah that that makes sense i understand that um let's move on to the the book then css mastery advanced web standard solutions um just i've got to say i really enjoyed the book um i bought it probably about two months ago Mm -hmm. um around the same time i was i was beginning to think because we're a distributed company headscape the company i work for is a distributed company so we all work out various home offices and i was beginning to think i needed to put something together to kind of standardize our approach to uh, web standards and you know Mm -hmm. so everybody was singing off the same hymn sheet so to speak (laughs) um and i got your book and i thought well this saves me a lot of time and so i just bought another four copies of it and distributed it out to everybody Um, excellent excellent that's what i like to hear it was it was just you know it's it's spot on it's really good stuff so tell us a little bit about how the book came about and um who who you see it as being aimed at okay um i mean you know i i started learning kind of CSS sort of back around sort of 2000, 2001 when really sort of not that many people were doing it mm. and there weren't that many sort of resources out there and and as I sort of kept on learning it more and more resources started popping up so I was I was learning from websites and I was learning from mailing lists and reading other people's books and you know pulling all this information together from lots of disparate sources and you know, you, if you look at my um, uh, my list of CSS, you know, sites related sites on my blog, and if you if you looked in my you know bookmarks list, you see this massive list of, of links all over the place. Um, and that's fine because I follow the blogs, and so you know, whenever a new thing gets posted up, I'll you know I'll learn about it and I'll read it and I'll understand it, and that's all fine. Um, but that's because I've kind of been doing that since from the start, and I've been sort of following through. Yeah. The thing that I've realised is that for people getting into it. Um, the actual language itself isn't that difficult. I mean, if you you know, it, it's it's. I actually personally think that um, it, CSS is a relatively simple language to learn. Mm. There are a few gotchas. I mean, there are a few complicated things like the box model and specificity and all that kind of stuff. But in general, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward. The problem doesn't really exist with the um, the language itself. It's all these sort of tips and tricks and techniques that are out there on the internet. And so the point of the book really was to kind of bring all this stuff together, bring all the information that I'd learned over the five or six years, all the techniques I use on a daily basis mm. into one book to kind of help people like me three or four years ago, you know, people that are just starting out that are interested but don't have a, you know, haven't spent all this time creating these bookmarks and don't necessarily follow all the design blogs and possibly don't even know that there are design blogs out there and CSS blogs out there. Yeah. So it's really, it's really to help sort of people who are you know who who understand the language who have the basics but want to take their skills to the next level so that's where the title comes from it's not necessarily a book of advanced stuff it's a book to help people get to an advanced level to get to the same level as myself or yourself or you know um other other people that have been doing it for a while yeah i mean i have to say that there were there were things in there that that were new to me as well i mean Excellent. it's not so much necessarily the kind of hacks and and mm. you know workarounds and that kind of thing but just what i particularly enjoyed was the method you talked about your methodology of working with css you know how mm. you organize your css files little things like there's one point you say 
um, you know, put an equal sign in front of your comments so that you can jump down your CSS file to specific parts of the code. And it, it's a silly little thing, but it's been mm. so useful to me. It's unbelievable. Excellent. You know, well, that, it, I'd, I'd, I'd love to say that, that was actually my own idea, but it wasn't. This was just <laughs> another, it was another little thing that I gleaned off the internet. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Doug Bowman right. who first suggested it, although I might be misquoting it. It might be Dave Shea. Um, but it was either Doug or Dave, and it was, it was in a blog post of theirs. And, and you're right, it's a tiny little thing that's, that's immensely helpful. Yeah. But unless, you know, unless you'd come across that one blog posts from like a year or two back you'd never think of doing it no so you know it's just it's bringing all these little tidbits i've learned over the years together to, to you know in, in one sort of central place okay Let, let's move on at um south by southwest i didn't get yep. to go unfortunately despite my oh, you deep desire gone, to go you should have oh, next year honestly it's so much fun it is so much fun and if you're if you're geeky at all, if you're a web developer, um, then it's 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 a lot of fun. Geek well, camp. That would definitely be me. Geek, I think, sums <laughs> me up wonderfully. So I didn't get to go, but I did look at um, uh, the presentations that were given, and actually, the one that you um, you gave on being a web design superhero, mm-hmm. um, I've actually seen a version of that before. So I kind of got a vague idea of, of where you were going with that. Um, okay. What where did you, just out of interest? Where did you see the yeah, version? Yeah, I'm desperately before? trying to remember, and I can't. And mm. it was really annoying. It was either at media last year, or no, it would have either been at media. Yeah, or I think, I think, I think you're dreaming it. I Am think, I? I think, I think you're making it up. But oh, okay. I'll, 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 I'll let, I'll let that go for now. No, that's all right. I make things up all the time. You get <laughs> used to it. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'd know I make stuff up. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so. Uh, from reading through the notes and stuff, I kind of, uh, you know, got an idea of where you were going with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it's a, a thing that very much resonates with a lot of, of web designers out there. And certainly I know it's something that resonates a lot with the people that listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. they're always writing to me and, and saying, ah, how do we keep up with all of this? Mm. You know, there's so much changing. There's so much happening. There's so much new stuff coming along as well as dealing with, you know, difficult clients and as well as trying to, you know, run a business as well as, mm. you know, all of the different aspects of web design. And it can be very overwhelming, especially the rapid rate of change that we're seeing. Mm. And I was just interested in, you know, what advice you gave or, or would give to, to web designers about keeping up with all of this change and all that's going on. Oh, I wish I had a good answer for that. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, w- w- earlier before we started, I was, I was saying that I don't have much free time and I'm working all the time. And, and that's one of the reasons because, you know, I, th- there is so much stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you know, you've you've got to do your client work, and you know, if you're a blogger like me, you've got to occasionally try and get around to writing a blog post and stuff. But then there's obviously all this new information bubbling up from from hundreds and hundreds of fantastic web blogs, and you know, it, it's really really tough. Um, so I don't I don't know if there is any any um, any good answer to no. how one deals with this kind of you know deluge of of information. You know. Um, a good I RSS guess, reader seems to well, be. Well, a good. Answer. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but even even then, I mean, you know, I I don't have a massive number of RSS feeds. I've probably got about forty or fifty, but you know, there was a time a while ago when I'd come into the office and and you know, the first half an hour, an hour of the morning would be catching up on the RSS feeds. If you let it go for a week or a month or whatever, you yeah. know, I've now got you know six, seven, eight hundred unread RSS 
feeds, all of the stuff which I really would like to to read, but I'd need to take a week off to just yeah. just to catch up. So it's, it it is difficult. It is difficult, definitely. I mean, that's where some of these there's a couple of sites that are um, popping up now: bite size standards and mm. um, CSS help pile. You know, mm. which kind of condense it all down a bit. Uh, you know, you do get the raw information, but it's still not. It's still not ideal, is it? No. But yeah, well, no, the, thing, it, it, the yes. thing to do is you need to you need to find a couple of really good reliable sources. Um, you know, like uh, four five six Bearer Street. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, Dave Shea and Doug Bowman, and you know, the, the, there's a number of people out there who are real good sort of aggregators who who are you know online the whole time looking and uh, reading posts and whatever. And if they come across something interesting, they'll they'll post it up. So you know. Go, go go through the sort of the, the trusted feeds, the people who are you know mm. going out there and, and filtering the information. Um, but it is tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as you know, our, the audience that listens to this podcast is a mixture of web designers, but it's also quite a lot of website owners, people that mm. are you know have been given a responsibility within their organisation to run mm. the website, but don't necessarily you know have the the capabilities themselves to build a website. Um, mm-hmm. But they're kind of constantly looking for ways forward of, of how to evolve their, their website and move it forward. And there are just so many buzzwords flying around at the moment mm. that people are getting exposed to from Web 2.0, Ajax, podcasting, RSS, mm-hmm. standards, accessibility, so on, so on, so on, so on. And all of these things, you know, you can you can look at your website and go, flipping neck, where do I start? Mm. Uh, and I'm just quite interested in your opinion about... Um, where people should be putting their focus at the moment you know obviously every website's different and has yeah. different you know requirements and all of the rest of it but what what things should people be paying particular attention to do you think um well sort of i think the first thing really is and and, and again this is a little bit of a bugbear of mine but clients and website owners shouldn't really have to worry about this stuff you know um Clients and, and, and website owners shouldn't have to worry about the buzzwords and, and the standards and all this kind of stuff. That's what you know. Professional web developers are there for. It's our job mm. to to understand what AJAX is and understand Web 2.0 is and, and you know understand web standards and stuff. And so when a client comes to you and says, "I you know this is my website. This is you know this is the problem I'm having. These are the these are you know this is the business." model that I use, these are the users I use, then if they go to a savvy web design agency, um, it's the web designers and web developers who then say, oh, well, we could do this, our suggestion is this, etc., etc. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the same as, you know, if you're going to build a house, you you employ an architect who understands, you know, how to do plans and stuff, you understand builders that understand, you know, um, the, the right concrete to use and the right bricks to use. What you do as a house build, uh, as a as a potential house owner, is you tell your architect, well, I want to have a three bedroom house, and you know it's for for my family, and I've got two young kids, and whatever, and I like gardening and all this stuff, and you give them the information, yeah. and they go away and make those decisions for you. And I think one of the problems is is if if you go to um, you know, if you go to a web design agency that is maybe um, not as up on what's going on, then you know clients feel that they need to then take up some of the slack and and learn some of some of this stuff um, yeah 
So, you know, really when, when we get to a situation where, you know, there's a, there's a bit more professionalism in the industry, then ideally, you know, ideally clients shouldn't have to know what web standards are because they're getting built in naturally. Yeah. And clients shouldn't have to know what AJAX is because it's a buzzword that other web developers use. And if they come to, you know, you saying I need this done, then hopefully the developer will, you know, suggest the, the, the best solution for the job. Mm. Yeah, I think you've just gone on there and answered the final question I was going to oh, finish okay. up with. But no, that's fine. Um, basically, I was going to say, if you could change one thing about the way the web design industry works at the moment, what would it be? And I mean, I guess to some extent, that's it, is it? The um, kind of relationship between client and web designer? I, the... The the problem one I think the main problem with the web design industry and I I mean it is a problem but I I don't think it's an insurmountable one really is most of the people that that become web designers and most of the people that set up small and, and even sort of medium to big web design companies they usually start out because they enjoy what they do they enjoy programming or they enjoy visual design they're the doers they're the artisans they're the, they're the people that started off life actually getting down with you know pu pulling up the sleeves and getting stuck in with the code of the design but as you then start setting up a business you've got to start moving away from that and doing more businessy stuff mm. and i think that's the problem you know what's happening at the moment is is um there's a lot of really really talented designers and developers out there but they just don't necessarily have the the business skills necessary to to communicate to other businessmen on the same language to you know talk about things in terms of business goals and stuff instead of you know color and fonts and all this kind of stuff because you know quite often when a when a client comes to a developer and they start talking about ajax and xhtml and and, and all this their eyes will glaze over and similarly if you if if a client or a customer goes to a designer and they start talking about fonts and colors and you know pantones and all this kind of stuff again it's kind of sort of scary so i think we need to we need to start you know talking in the lang in a language that the clients and, and the business understands and 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 sort of getting more softer business skills you know anyone can learn a new programming language you just go out and buy a book but actually learning how to pitch and how to do a sales talk and and yeah. um, how to sell your services and how you know just how to how to sort of resolve disputes in an amicable fashion um <laughs> you know quite you know designers get a very very bad reputation for you know throwing their pens on the floor and having a tantrum because you know they they want it to be one color and the boss wants it to be another um whereas you know you need to learn to to to, to resolve these arguments in in a you know a way that that, that everyone's happy with and you do that by talking about the business needs and the goals and the users and stuff i mean i don't know i don't want to make design sound dull and, and unexciting because design is is a fantastic thing but you know clients aren't coming to you to to, to paint the um, a mona lisa picture clients no. are coming to you to solve a problem mm. and you, you need you need to talk to them in, in the language they understand and and help them solve that problem and help them under well help them understand they've got a, a problem and <laughs> show 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 them the the the, the solutions excellent Thank you very much, Andy. That was really helpful. Um, brilliant. I think we covered some good stuff. And um, thanks for being on the show. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for inviting me. It was a, it was a pleasure. And um, I know you said that you, uh, you, you missed South by Southwest, which is a real shame. So I hope to see you at Deconstruct 2006. Oh, you're doing one next year, are you? Or oh, year? absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, excellent. When is I it going to be? Um, well, um, I, I, can't, uh, I can't give you the specific date at the moment, but... Um, 
uh, all I can say is we're going to be launching it, um, launching the website fairly soon. I was actually working on the uh, the website design before uh, before you called. Excellent. And so um, we've got a fantastic lineup of people. Um, it's going to be bigger than next year. We've got some international speakers coming over, and um, you know, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we'll be there definitely, and I'll I'll Fantastic. make a point of mentioning it on the podcast once the site's up. That's good. Excellent. Thanks good for stuff. your time, and talk to you soon. Okay, that was brilliant. I just, I really like Andy. I, he's just, he's so balanced and he is so knowledgeable and he's a really nice guy as well. I really I enjoyed like another partner to do a podcast with, you know. What, whether we get Andy in on a permanent basis? No, I'm just dumping you, Paul. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, I'm being replaced. Fair enough. That's great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I just think... I just, Not really. He's just got such a good view of the uh, web design and where the industry's at and, you know, and and how that client-designer um, relationship that we were talking about last week, mm. how that all fits together. And it, oh, just, I really enjoyed that. Very good. Looking forward to doing the next interview. I could get into this, seriously. We need to try and do one with you all there as well. Yeah, well, it would be nice to do some actual face-to-face interviews. I know you've kind of got Skype going much better than it Look, used to be I've now worked really hard on getting Skype going and now you want to do face to face interviews yeah oh. cameras lights makeup. anyway <laughs> so it's worth mentioning right at the end right at the end you might have noticed the fact that Andy did a gratuitous plug for um, Deconstruct that yes. he tried to get in very subtly but it, it was fairly you know fairly you know heavy handed to be frank Andy I'm sorry <laughs> um but, which is fair enough because Deconstruct is very cool and I thought to explain what it is. I went to it last year and it's, um, it's described as a grassroots conference for web designers. And last year it's about Web 2.0. I've got no idea what it's going to be about this year. Web 3.0 maybe, I don't there know. There was a lot of stuff about Flash at Deconstruct as well. There was some Flash stuff. And yeah. it's actually the guy that um, spoke about Flash at Deconstruct that I'm going to be talking to. Um, on the on the show, yep. which is good. So uh, yeah, deconstruct is really good. Really enjoyed it. It's quite it's smaller than um, something like App Media or South by South. Well, it's obviously smaller than South by Southwest because Americans do everything bigger. Yes, um, but it's really enjoyable. Very good, and it's it's relatively cheap, <laughs> which is always a good thing, especially for our audience. That was a big issue when we when we did the geek, geek dinner. People saying, yeah, white media, etc. But only too, too much money for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So. so Deconstruct should be good. Some international speakers this year, which is excellent. So definitely check that out. I will keep you informed when I know some more. Um, so that about wraps it up. Uh, Mark, another thing about this show that you may not know if you haven't listened to it before is that Marcus likes to periodically do jokes. Well, it's people, not something I approve them of. to me. Only because you beg them for them. Yeah, more jokes, please. Marcus at com. So go on then, Marcus, I believe well, you got This is from Joshua. Um, uh, sent me a few geeky jokes for, uh, for, for the podcast, which I thought were rather good. Uh, this, this is actually my favourite one, the first one, because I read it first and thought, uh-huh. oh, right, yeah. Anyway, in a world without fences and walls, who needs gates and windows? <laughs> which I quite liked. More Microsoft uh, bashing. Yes. Um, if at first you don't succeed, call it version one. <laughs> that I like. Yeah. Oh, then version 1.1 that doesn't succeed. Then 1.2, <laughs> Carol, Carol. Um, and, and 
The final one. Windows has, de- has detected you do not do not have a keyboard. Press F9 to continue. I think he made that one up. Uh, maybe. Uh, yes, yeah. No, I like the middle one the best. Yes, it was good, actually. Yes, yes the whole kind of dot-com booth. <laughs> ah, joy. So there we go. Um, if you've got any comments about Andy's podcast, or indeed any questions that you, you want um, forwarded on to Andy, then go to baragworld.com forward slash podcast, select episode 35, the big three five, um, and post your comments there. Got any ideas for subjects for Baragworld or people you'd like to see us interview, then send them to paul at baragworld.com. Next week's show, information architecture, the basics of creating an information architecture. Very important. Very important stuff. And once again, as it seems to be becoming a little tradition, this podcast is brought to you by headscape.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.